0: to the Art Problems podcast episode 47. I'm your host Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And this is a special series where we talk about how to assess our successes so we can plan for more of them. It is specifically designed for beginning of the year planning. And this is the final episode in a three-part series I've been running over the past couple of weeks where I talked to network members about the planning they did and how it's helped them. So if you haven't listened to either of the first two podcasts in this series with Heather Beardsley and Cadence Giersbach, respectively, I recommend going back and listening because they're really key to understanding all the different ways that you can approach this. This series is run in conjunction with a free masterclass which runs tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on how to get more shows without turning your personality into a marketing bot. And one of the reasons that I'm running this masterclass is to show you how taking a few simple steps can really remove a lot of the busy work from your plate that makes you feel like you have to do all these things and be on social media all the time when the reality is actually much different. In this podcast, I talk to three different members about how they tackle hurdles in the goal-setting process, and those people are the artist John Lawson, Kerry Kessler, and Arden Benler browning John, I want to start with you. Welcome to the show.
1: Patty, thank you so much. Glad to be here.
0: Well, thanks so much for coming. I always like to start with having... Uh, You or anybody who's on the show, introduce themselves and give listeners an idea of what kind of art you make.
1: Sure. I've been out of school 20 plus years and have a sculpture based practice that is materially informed and uh, plays off the relic like nature of sculpture to uh, tap into deep pasts and deep futures, uh, simultaneously. That's what I do.
0: Great. So I know you found that goals heading to be very useful, but one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you was so that you could share your unique approach to the process. Can you talk about that a little?
1: Certainly yes, the uh, the goals uh, roadmap was really helpful, and the timing was just really perfect. I had been, you know, a member for about four months or so, and had um, judiciously gone through the uh, curriculum, which was incredibly helpful to get a sense in the scope of Network, and started the year twenty twenty three with a printout of the uh, the document, which gives me a chance to reflect on the year past as well as the year ahead and to build goals and really come up with just a good sense of tasks to follow through on throughout the year. So I really embraced having that opportunity and I grabbed my uh, typewriter and uh, each morning Uh, From about January 2nd, I set the timer for 20 minutes and gave myself a chance to visualize fantastical and pragmatic goals all sort of intermixed together.
0: (laughs) I love that. And why did you use the typewriter?
1: I have been accepting over the last few years some of my challenges uh, that I have been able to navigate around in my career, and I'm now sort of confronting some of those uh, challenges, which includes the difficulty writing, expressing, and focus. And I found the typewriter uh, about four or five years ago would be a really good antidote to, uh, to the screens and laptops and so forth. So um, that, that has become a very trusty tool and no distractions, just the, uh, the sound of silence as it waits for the next word and, and you just wing it.
0: <laughs> now I want to use the typewriter too. We have one, but the, the ribbon doesn't work. Do you have problems finding a ribbon that works or like do you have a relatively new uh, typewriter?
1: Uh, no, definitely uh, antique. Uh, Olivetti Studio Forty Four is my favorite. I have about six of them. Um, oh and, my god! <laughs> uh, and the ribbons are ribbons are very very easy to come by. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. it's it's a lot of fun. Ta- the tactile response rather than this sort of ephemeral zeros and ones hiding behind the screen.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Like you basically you have a, a a more close relationship to an object. You For know? real.
1: You created um, it. Yeah.
0: And when you started using that that roadmap, were there any kind of struggles? Like, how did it align with your process, generally speaking? Like, are you an intuitive based worker? Are you somebody that tends to plan a lot? Like, how does that line up with how you work?
1: My sculptures for over 10 years were about unfinishedness Mm. and the unfinishedness of construction as a visual for our lives, which are continually unfinished, even though we imagine that they are finished enough for us to occupy and that they aren't going to move or change when we're inside of them. My work recognizes that over a long period of time there actually it's everything's going up and down and up and down and up and down and unfinished and it allowed for me to go without a plan and to be responsive to what I saw happening and so more recently I would say shifting my career from a secure working for others to now teaching less secure in the adjunct uh, realm, I need to start to navigate this expressing through writing and getting things out there. So that's what I have been working to do. And it was time to make some goals.
0: So let's talk about those goals. Sure. Like, what kind of goals did you have uh,
1: at the end of the process of that of writing?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: sure. Yeah, I I knew that I wanted to exhibit and make the work uh, in order to do that, and to carve out the time and the priority um, in order to do that. So
0: sorry to interrupt, but okay, how yeah. how long did it take you to figure that out? Like because you said that you were typing a lot and writing down these notes, like how long did it take you to get from point A to point B in terms of like, this is just getting my ideas down. Okay. Here's what I want to focus on.
1: For the beginning of last year, I gave myself about 15 days to just 20 minutes in the morning develop a routine. So I keep going back to that same character and I can sort of build, build that. And there what i what i found was that there were lots of leaps and bounds along the way so my what does my that th- mean so i was reflecting perhaps on the work that i was currently in the process of doing but through writing i understood that the work that i was doing was really leading up to something in the future mm. and so i was able to start to visualize that and put myself maybe even a few years in advance which played a role in in coming back to exactly what i did in 2023
0: so oh that's fascinating
1: yeah i i I skipped over a lot of the work that i was doing in order to to now you know go to um uh what i had been planning to do five years from now or something like that because there were opportunities because i was um applying and completing submissions and uh, being accepted for opportunities and so it was really really quite a wonderful year.
0: So basically if I were to summarize what what you said like it sounds like you did a bunch of writing about the subject and you were you created a routine and one of the things that you learned was that you wanted to exhibit more. So based on that, you started applying for more shows, and just that process alone got you more shows.
1: Absolutely. I know that I need to make outdoor permanent sculpture for our period of time, and I was able to get a opportunity that sort of helped me along in that process, an outdoor exhibition.
0: I mean, I wish there were a better term for it, because in some ways, it just... Like goal setting itself just automatically puts me to sleep. (laughs) It's
1: just uh,
0: sounds like something totally tedious and not very fun. And also in some ways like laced with anxiety, right? Because if you're setting goals, then you're saying that this is something that you want. And you also have to accept the fact that you might not get what you want. And I think that that can be really scary in the arts because... There's so much uncertainty in the field. So even doing something like this feels like it just a, it can feel kind of torturous.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote something down that's kind of corny that relates to what you said. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, it says, um, I was ready to set things down in the spirit of learning from the process rather than getting it spot on. Incremental yeah. goals there. Really, really exactly. I think that's what, that's what I've started to embrace. And
0: I think that's the term I was looking for. So thank you for (laughs) giving that idea shape. But that is exactly right.
1: It's really getting anything out there that you then can respond to. And you have to get it out there first. And I'm sort of trying to visualize like maybe it's the opposite of building a house in terms of the foundation Like the foundation is the opposite of being totally secure and airtight and everything. It's it's just incredibly loose where all of the parts that connect to each other can start to come together into that final document that you send out.
0: Yeah. So in terms Mm -hmm. of like nuts and bolts, like how did this process or did this process help you picture or understand your practice.
1: Yeah. I mean, the challenge for me has been the practice of the art office, you know, for lack of a better term for that. And recognizing that I can't quite remember how you phrased the question, but I know that one of the things I focus on is how can I have a loose relationship to a number of tools that can be helpful to me in the long run without being too dependent on those tools and i mean sort of you know online apps and 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 things like that so that's been my practice (laughs) is organizing i guess that's what it really comes down to is is recognizing that i need to find a way of organizing that works or is developed naturally for me so that eventually i don't have to focus so much on it
0: (laughs) yeah well and i think some of the work is ongoing. I think all of us are always going to be negotiating our relationship to technology because it does change so frequently. But also like even just Instagram, right? I I imagine this is what you were alluding to when you were talking about, well, how much time do I really want to spend on this app? How can I be intentional about using it in a way that gets me my desired outcome without also removing me from the practice of making art in the first place, which I think is a really big challenge for a lot of us. And is really kind of the, the locus, the center of the problem of, you know, how do I manage all of the art office administration stuff that I don't like doing and have that support the art. Yes. I think like one of the things that was so nice for me to hear is that you use the typewriter because I felt like you infused the process of administration with your own approach. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to use a different medium, you know, and there, there's a kind of, it was very purposeful too, right? Like it eliminated distractions. And so there's something about that, that feels like it's an art decision.
1: (laughs) It's coming from that same, that same deep, Deep, deep sense of uh, of needs and of sharing and and finding whatever ways possible to be able to uh, share. Yeah, and thank you so much because I, that that word support I think is really, really what it came down to, and that is absolutely how I felt all year. I felt supported by the tools, by the network, but by, by the opportunities that provided. You know, I think
0: provided. that is you know maybe the perfect note to kind of close things up with. If there was one thing that you uh, could tell artists as a as a closing note that you've like learned or you want to share, what would that be?
1: Can uh, you
0: change the world?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, can we wrap you, this you up? Can, <laughs> you can one 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 sentence at a time and yeah. enjoy. For those who find extraordinary difficulty in writing uh enjoying the sentences would be uh one way uh it's it just just like enjoying the uh the sculpture the painting same thing it's built up of the same material we're all stardust
0: <laughs> i love that and get a typewriter everyone
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> all right john thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate it and i will see you on the portal
1: Thank you so much, Patty.
0: Next up, we talk to Carrie Kessler, who will walk us through her goal setting experience. Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi, Patty.
2: Thanks for having me. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what kind of art you make? I'm a painter and I live in Seattle. I make abstract watercolor and ink paintings and I then label like a cartographer with words that include phrases about the passage of time and climate change and the vastness of the universe.
0: And when you filled out your assessment, how did it make you feel? Were you nervous, excited, any of those
2: feelings? I was excited. I was like a little skeptical about pinning down uh, an ideal revenue. That wasn't really something that I thought about in terms of goals.
0: The ideal revenue thing is very tricky. And when we decided to put that in, there was a lot of discussion behind the scenes about that. Because, first of all, a lot of artists don't really have an ideal Revenue. Second of all, I think setting one seems kind of like closing your eyes and throwing, you know, a dart and seeing where it lands because you don't, a lot of times you don't know where that revenue is coming from. So it's very different than a common business model where you have like more ways of figuring out where that revenue will come from. And that's why we put ideal revenue rather than a revenue goal, because we felt like a revenue goal was in some ways kind of unfair to an artist that might be working with a third party and have, you know, no control over what that revenue might be for that year or very little anyway. You know, I I think it's helpful to at least articulate what an ideal revenue might be
2: so that you have
0: a sense of that.
2: Super helpful. And then at the end of the year, looking back, I made more than I had put down. Um, oh, that's great. It's amazing. And actually was like, oh, I guess I could make my goal this year a little bit higher. Although as an artist, you never know. You know, so yeah. many it seems like, well, that was kind of unexpected. I don't know if that'll happen again that someone buys a big painting or but it definitely felt good to look back and say, Oh you know, I said this window, and I actually was slightly above the top end of the window. That's really fantastic.
0: So I think like, the next question I have is, did the, not just the assessment, but um, the goals in general, and like, did any of those materials help you picture your practice, or think about your practice in a different way?
2: I definitely think both the assessment and the goals helped me break down the different elements of my art practice, think about them individually and to make specific things that I could do in each of those different elements of my practice, as opposed to just this like huge overwhelming, what am I doing and how can I do it better? And I guess you're super helpful at reminding and then reminding again in all these different places, like make things process-oriented, break things down. All of that really helped me. Even you talked about the year being quarterly and then checking in with those goals. This was all like really helpful for me because your work is always shifting. What's happening in your career is shifting. And instead of just thinking about this overall Career And then all of these like longings for things, (laughs) Um, you know, longing to be represented. I definitely came into network with that very specific goal. But I think after working with the curriculum, I kind of realized that I wasn't quite ready for that, but I had all these like actionable things that I could do to get to a better place to then think about that, if that... Yeah, so what's a good example of that? What was something that,
0: that was a task that you kind of broke down that was helpful for you in terms of executing it?
2: So I am a member of a cooperative gallery, and I really love being a member of the gallery. It's Shift Gallery in Seattle, and it's a wonderful group of artists. And we have a show every year. The curriculum helped me think about using that show as a platform to Well, there were all these things that I realized I could be doing that I wasn't doing with these shows, like Mm -hmm. having a speaker come and being really intentional about who that speaker might, you know, or like I had a conversation with someone, inviting people in, specifically inviting people in, reaching out to contacts prior to the show, kind of more individually, as opposed to just my newsletter. Although thinking about the newsletter as well, more intentionally, and then follow up after the show, all the thank yous. And some of these things I did, but you spelled out some of the important things to do when you have a show. And reaching out maybe to writers, which I did. And she didn't write about my show, but I feel like I opened up a conversation with her and maybe if I have another show or, you know, there might be follow-up. So everything wasn't like a win, but I felt like I was doing some extra networking around the show that I was not doing. I thought, oh, that, you know, why wasn't I doing that? I have a show every year there's all these things I could tap into.
0: And I think there's like an exhibition checklist that exists that you might have been using. What do you feel you learned this year, like 2023, about yourself?
2: I think that, I mean, again, one of the things that I most thought that I wanted was representation. And I realized it's a long game. I definitely wasn't really ready for that last year. I feel more ready this year, and I only I say that with sort of a question mark because I think this year I also learned that, that maybe that isn't the main goal. I learned that breaking down, breaking down the goals into manageable parts is really, really helpful for me because I think it's easy for me to just keep going and if I work and work and work and paint and paint and paint, something will happen. Like actually being more intentional about it helps a lot. Well, I think that goes into focus where if
0: you are very intentional about what you're doing, it's less likely that you're going to get overwhelmed because overwhelm happens when you have, you know, you're not as focused as you should be and you have too many things like too many irons in the fire.
2: And I, and I think it can all feel random. Yeah. I think one of the things I did in the beginning of the year that was helpful was to write down what I actually had coming up and Mm. then what might be coming up and what I sort of hoped would be coming up. But just seeing what I already had was helpful because I was like, oh, I already have a lot happening this year. And instead of only wanting more was how can I maximize and benefit from what I already have? And
0: for All of the listeners out there, if you had like one sort of take home point of like, I did all these things last year, some of these things worked, some of them didn't, what advice would you give them? What is the thing that would most allow them to avoid the pitfalls that you have experienced while experiencing growth and prosperity?
2: I would say start out by giving yourself grace. You know, it's, it's all very hard and it's important to ask for help from friends and professionals. You, you don't have to do it all alone and that we all feel the same way. We all feel the same overwhelm and kind of sometimes feeling left out or there's more that we could get that it's so hard to get, but that breaking things down into specific manageable goals But also processes like around the goals, breaking things down, I would say, has been the most helpful thing for me. Mm.
0: And with that, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Carrie Kessler, thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with us about your experience and what's worked for you and why it's worked and how it's worked. I think it's going to be really helpful for all the listeners out there. And uh, I will see you on the portal. Thanks so much. Okay. That's, well,
2: thank you, Patty.
0: And now for our final guest on the show, I want to introduce everyone to our artist, Netflix member and mentor, Arden Bendler-Browning. Arden, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Patty. Um, I listen to your podcast every time you have a new episode, so it's a real honor to get to talk with you.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on the show, and I would love to just kick things off by having you introduce yourself and what kind of art you make.
3: Sure. Um, I am based in Philadelphia. Um, I've been here for a long time. I make physical and digital paintings, combining movement, landscape, and layers. Um, I'm interested in finding new ways to bring people into the world of a painting um, through virtual reality, projecting video onto painted surfaces, and through surprising shifts in scale.
0: And just for everyone here who won't be able to see this, you are in your studio and behind you, there is a tondo-shaped painting of an abstract form that you've created. So I have the distinct (laughs) pleasure of looking at that while we have the uh, conversation today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. So when you started the assessment, you would have filled it out. We we have you fill out things like, what are your goals? What are your ideal revenue? Like, what's your current revenue? What's your ideal revenue? When you did that, did you find out anything?
3: Well, I, I was... I was very careful not to be, um, to keep my, my goals realistic and not, I think, you know, I, probably like everybody, there certainly are numbers that I would say, well, sure, ideally, I would love to, for my sales to go up by this much. And I would love, you know, to be showing at these museums and having additional gallery representation in, in even bigger markets. But I know I do not have a lot of control over that. And so I was trying to think more about, well, what are some smaller steps that would be more achievable, but could help position me, you know, to be more on that path with, with a bit more intention. I don't know if I even put anything down for the sales numbers. I, you know, I did answer kind of where I was at. And so that would have been the beginning of 2023. Yeah. I mean, With the pandemic and the way the market was kind of moving around, I I also was hesitant to really, you know, put too much effort into looking at like, well, what should those numbers be? Because it just seemed like I have no idea with the way the the world is going. I don't know what I can realistically, you know, aim for right now. So instead, I, I kind of looked at more like at some just bigger goals and more about, building community. You know, one of the goals for me was getting to New York more often. I'm a mom of, of three kids. My two oldest are now, they're now technically adults. And so oh, wow, it has made a lot, that it's made it much more possible for me to get away. But I also had to really like push for it and have my partner also really, he made it happen. And I, and you know, now looking back on the last year, yeah, we did it. We got to New York Far more than we have previously, and I wouldn't say that that's been like okay. Well, now that I've I've been going more often, I have these things to show for it, but I just feel more connected. And I've spoken with gallerists there, and I'm friendly with artists from all over, and we meet up there, and and that just feels good. Um, of course, in addition to just seeing a lot more shows,
0: It's likely quite fulfilling for you because you've said as much, which is. When you set the goal of going to New York more often, it's not like the entire, your entire career transformed because you did that, but there was a shift, Mm -hmm. you know, you felt more connected. You felt like there was progress being made. And I think that is super important. It's harder to get to New York more often if you don't articulate that as something you want to do.
3: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and something else that came up, I think, from the feedback was working on email lists and doing more podcast interviews. And oh,
2: really? <laughs> and, thank
3: you, Patty. Recognizing the fact that um, it's a lot harder to get press now than it, it used to be in the past, and yeah. so what? What are some other ways to to compensate for that? And again, I certainly have reached out to many people, and on some instances, that has come through. But you know, looking back on the last year, like I did, there were a lot of podcast interviews, uh, panel talks, blog write-ups, several different things, and they all came about in different ways. But most of them, you know, some were from my galleries, some were from just my artist network, and. But at the same time, that was a clear goal. So I'm sure some of it came from me putting myself out there, going and visiting more artist studios to like build on the, that community. And I think that my galleries also, you know, have been very mindful that this is something that's important to do. So it's just interesting to now be able to, to be on the other side of it and look back at the goals I had written down this time last year and now see like, oh, that really did happen. And, um, I don't know if I've done that so much in the past. I'm pretty good at like occasionally tallying up all of the things that have happened. It's just a way to kind of pull myself out of a depression that happens when I'm feeling like oh, I'm not not where I want to be, but if I can step back and see the things that have occurred, I can feel pretty good about that. But I don't often sit down and make myself write out a plan for the coming year. So the fact that you guys kind of pushed us to do that, I think was really useful and productive.
0: Um, So what did you learn about yourself in 2023? Because you've set these goals. I think you could, even without setting goals, you'd probably be able to say something that you've learned about yourself. But I'm I'm wondering whether there were things that through the process of just managing your practice, you learned that you think you'll be taking forward this year?
3: Yeah. Well, I think... The result of of having more opportunities to talk about my work with really engaged people in so in really like so many different ways kind of made me realize, well, I I really enjoy talking about the work. And <laughs> not, that actually is not something that I thought I felt. I'm a very shy, introverted person. It's taken many years for me to feel comfortable, you know giving a slide lecture. And now I do. And it's fun. Like I, I love the dialogue that results when when I have an engaged audience. And it's such a treasured opportunity. Um, I tried this year. Also, series.
0: for everyone listening, if you were looking for a guest speaker, we have somebody <laughs> right here who's very good at talking about their work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
3: I also think I was able to really, you know, I, I think this is true every year, but more and more, it just kind of keeps building, just recognizing the importance of showing up for other people and, you know, making a point to, even if I can't make every single artist's opening, but there are a lot of shows I, I want to get to. And and sometimes when I've not been able to see somebody's show I try to send them a little note, you know, not just congratulating them, but if I haven't been able to make it, I'll, I'll let them know. Like, I'd love to see the work another time. Like, is there a time when maybe we can do a studio visit? And I've just seen how much people appreciate that. I, I reach out to people whose work I'm interested in, and I'm not a curator. I'm not an arts writer. Like, I, I don't have anything tangible that I'm offering someone to say, like, if I come visit your studio, I'll do this for you. But I'm just showing them interest and and it makes me feel more alive and more excited about what I do. I know how important it is to kind of keep that momentum going. And then the other thing is, you know, I'm trying to to look a little bit more critically about my own costs and and what is working, what isn't working. You know, it's it's hard to know like where is an investment worth doing and when is it yeah. just not. <laughs> so I'm trying to kind of Look at that more carefully, and sometimes that means making smaller paintings or reconsidering how I might be showing an uh, interactive tech work. Is it wise to bring all of this equipment into a gallery space? You know, are there physical needs that are going to be possible for the work to be seen in its best light? Um, how can I negotiate that? I feel like a little bit more equipped as I'm moving forward to to know what I need to to ask for. And that doesn't always mean I'll get it. But I think it helps me to be clearer in in my own mind, like, what does the work need? And if it doesn't have that does do I need to present something different? You know, how can I make those changes? Um, So I'm trying to, again, just be more intentional uh, as best I can. I mean, you know, we we can't predict everything at all. (laughs) Just trying to see if I can be a little bit smarter and wiser about that.
0: You know, there's so many good things that you have said in this, uh, in that little chunk of things that you're doing. But I think that the thing that stood out for me might have been the first point where you were talked about being more generous with people and time. And if you couldn't make somebody's show, you'd write them and say, Oh, I couldn't make it. But like maybe I do a studio visit or something like that. Because I think a lot of us get a little self-conscious like we feel we should have made the show and we weren't able to so you don't do anything yeah and it sounds like what you're saying is your experience has been that as long as you're expressing interest and acknowledging the other person that that ends up being like a fruitful way of developing and maintaining relationships
3: yeah and, and also i think i try to be really conscientious about um you know reciprocating like if somebody has supported my work even if it was a long time ago and and I see that they're doing something new I try to like really go out of my way to just show up for them and pay it back it just again feels like that's the least I can do
0: (laughs) I love that what advice would you have for other artists based on what you've learned this year I was thinking about this like it's that
3: recognition that the career is on like one different um, experience of time. And the work has its own, it exists in another timeline. Like I, when I look back at photographs of work I've made alongside like snapshots of whatever was going on in my life at the same time, I'm always stunned because the snapshots feel like, forever ago. And the work it still feels new and fresh. And I feel surprised that it, that could have existed at the same time. And so I know, like, even though I tend to work pretty quickly in the studio, the way that the work lives on after that process is a lot slower. And it takes time for it to be whatever it is out in the world, um, which is different from how quickly you know we're sort of, especially now, programmed to just be in our everyday lives. And it's a really hard thing to reconcile.
0: I completely (laughs) agree. (laughs) Well, Arden, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and offering your time and your wisdom. It's just really been a pleasure to talk with you.
3: Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Patty. Now, before I leave you, I just want to remind you that I'm running a free live masterclass tonight on how to get more shows without transforming your personality into a marketing bot. I'm doing this because it does seem like we have to spend our entire lives on social media, and I think none of us really want a life that looks like that. And here's the thing. If you're really struggling to get seen, I want you to come to this class. The link is in the show notes. And I made this class because I don't want to see you struggle. There's no magic bullet to any of this stuff. And I think if you've been doing this long enough, you know that's true. You know that there's no one thing that if you do it, your opportunities are going to be magically transformed. Of course, we wish that that were the case, but it's just not. All of that said, there are some basic steps that everyone, no matter who you are, can miss and when that happens you really miss out on some of the opportunities that are actually in front of you and that's why this class exists so i want you to join me tonight at 7:30 eastern standard time for with the free master class link is in the show notes i'll see you there thank you for listening if you like the show please leave a review and share it with a friend it really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you you can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art/podcast